Hello, hello, hello. This is Aiden Taco Jones. You're listening to Coffee is What Happens When You're Busy Making Plans. For Tuesday, the 25th of June, 2019, today is Monday, the 24th of June. I'm recording this uh, day early from my little, what's this, a, a bungalow? I don't know if it's a bungalow. It's like a little house thing, a, a room, I don't know. It's not a hotel. It's just like a nice room that I've got in Koh Samui, Thailand. Um, fuck, I don't know where to start. Coffee has never been more relevant to my life than uh, than right now. What it's about to be, I got. I, I'll tell a story about that later. Um, I'll start in Bangkok. I spent the week in Bangkok. Actually, no, I won't. What am I talking about? I'm gonna talk about how I just fucking drove around this island paradise on a motorbike. What do I give a fuck about Bangkok? I'll talk about that later. I just, it's been an amazing day. I'm a little frazzled to be honest, because. Uh, just like, I've never, um, so we got to Koh Samui yesterday and, uh, we've got the gig tonight and then, uh, flying out tomorrow. So just a quick trip and I'd heard that you can get bikes and like, I mean, <laughs> to be honest, you can always get bikes whenever you're in a city, bikes are an option. But for some reason, I think it was just pitched to me by our tour manager. Hey, maybe you guys might want to hire some bikes and, and drive around the island today and uh, it's, how far is it? It's like 60Ks around, like in circumference. So it's a small thing. A lot of the stuff is on the outside. And then in the middle, there's like a mountain or a hill or whatever. And it's all covered in rainforest. And the guy who picked me up from, uh, I, I got, <laughs> our tour manager pitched me. Um, she gave me a bunch of ideas for shit to do. And one thing was, she was like, you can fly from Bangkok to Koh Samui and then out. Or if you want... <laughs> She goes, you can fly to some other place on the mainland in Thailand and then get a bus to some other thing and then get a boat <laughs> to Koh Samui. And she pitched it like it was an adventure. And by the way, I'm not like, it was lovely that she'd said, you know, it was lovely that she even had this idea for me. Um, and she, but she literally, when she bought my flights then, she um, used the word adventure. She was like, it's your Koh Samui adventure. <laughs> so... I fly to this, <laughs> I fly domestic from Bangkok to this other airport, jump on a bus, and I'm feeling very third world, but in a good way, I'm feeling very authentic, you know, um, I'm the last person on the bus, so we're all jammed in there, oh, motherfucker, I've lost in the last week, I've lost two things, like, when I got to Bangkok, when I flew in, I landed, I got in a grab, which is like their Uber in Southeast Asia, and, uh, I was in the grab for an hour and the guy, the guy was like talking to me going like, oh, you know, in his broken English trying to like explain to me the history of, uh, of Thailand, which was very nice because I'd never been before. And I had my headphones just like the, the ones that came with my Google Pixel 3, the good ones, you know, with the USB-C port. And I just had them like resting under my leg and I didn't want to put them in my pocket because it's not comfy when they're in your pocket and I'm sweaty. I'm a baby, really. And... um I just had them under my leg and then when I got out of the fucking grab, I left them in there and then I tried to call the guy but I couldn't call him because my phone doesn't work here and the Thai lady said that his number wasn't the right number and whatever. So I lost my headphones. That was annoying. And then when I was in the bus in Thailand from the airport going to the boat, I I bought, I don't even, I might have even mentioned this on the podcast, I bought a fucking merino wool turtleneck 
from Uniqlo like a month ago because it had just started getting cold in Melbourne and it was so lovely. It felt really nice and it was warm and some of my friends in Melbourne were like <laughs> shitting on me for it. They were like, oh, a turtleneck. All right, Steve Jobs or whatever. You know, they were just giving me shit for buying a new thing and <laughs> trying to be a better person and trying to stay warm in winter. Um, and I... But I pushed through the shit because I knew that it was a good purchase. I liked it. And uh, I remember a mate of mine after about a week going like, so you're sticking with the turtleneck, aren't you? Persisting with it. And I was like, yeah, I mean, I bought it. I like it. He was like, I respect that. (laughs) I was like, fuck you. (laughs) Like he, I think he genuinely hated it and and was like hoping that the bullying would make me stop wearing it. I'm like, mate, I'm fucking, I spent 50 bucks. I'm not folding from bullying. I'm, you know, like throwing away a fucking thing that I bought for 50 bucks just because you, <laughs> you want to call me a loser. Um, anyway, I left that on the fucking bus. And people will say that I did it subconsciously because I was ashamed of buying the thing. Oh, that's convenient, Taco. You lost the thing that we were all paying you out about and then you fucking left the country and then oh you accidentally lost it yeah or, yeah they're gonna think that i fucking threw it in the bin or was too ashamed to it whatever but no i left it on a fucking bus in thailand all right you cunts i told you i was on i'm, t- I'm on edge why am i on edge anyway i get on the bu- i get on the boat <laughs> remember this is pitched as an adventure and <laughs> it's a fucking it's it's like a barge, like it's a thing, you know, with the um, with the drawbridge bit that they drive trucks onto. And so I walk on, and uh, the guy on the bus was very short with me, or maybe he just didn't speak English. But I, I tried to get off, like we we stopped at one kind of harbor pot, like thing, and I went to get off the boat, and he was like, "No, wait." And I was like, oh, oh, sorry, I guess it was going to a different island. And then I get, we drive a little bit further and I get on the next one. And uh, I just kind of, I've got my ticket already. So I just kind of walk up to this thing and I'm like, this one, Kosamui. And they're like, yeah. And it's like, it feels like this boat should be like transporting coal and also fired by coal. It's just dirty and, you know, whatever. But I'm like, yeah, this is my adventure. This is my experience. And, um, I'm standing there with my bag and just as I walk on, the drawbridge comes up and the boat sets off. So I'm like, all right, I'm just in time. And I'm looking, I'm standing in the back of the boat looking as we kind of like just edge away from the port and the boat starts moving. There's two dudes either side at the back taking up the anchors on either side, like just these Thai guys with their caps backwards and dirty shirts. And... um so I'm standing on the back of this boat and I'm feeling like, you know what? This was a good idea. This is nice. The harbour is drifting away. I am an explorer. I'm an adventurer and I've done a good thing by getting on this boat. <laughs> and as I'm standing there thinking that, the two chimneys <laughs> either side of me just go... Bleh! <laughs> and just... I'm like surrounded by not just like a, like a little bit of smoke, like completely enveloped in black smoke. I can't see anything. I've got my bag on my back. I'm just like, ah! <laughs> just, I'm like, oh, that's why no one else was standing at the back of the boat. <laughs> so that was my adventure. I get to Koh Samui and um, what the fuck was I talking about? Who knows? I, anyway, we... um. 
we got here and uh, oh that's right so yeah, yeah the tour manager pitched me that and then she also said when you're in Kosamui maybe you guys might want to um uh it's just me and Glenn Wool the comic who I'm uh doing support for for a few of his tour dates um she said maybe you guys might want to get some uh some bikes and just ride around the island so we did that today and it was f- it was awesome man it was so good um I just feel like and I told them so I get here and I'm like oh yeah we want to do the bikes and the guy the guy who runs the venue that we're doing the show at is um this guy Martin he picked me up from the airport so I was telling him and he was like oh you've ridden a bike before right and I was like yeah 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 <laughs> and uh I get to the place where I'm at now where we're staying um this little like guest ha- guest house that's the word I was looking for and the the couple who run this I'm like oh you've you, you they, we'll call the bike people you've ridden a bike before yeah I'm like yeah yeah yeah, yeah it's all the time uh, t- totally my grandpa was a farmer <laughs> just like I've never ridden a fucking motorbike before in my goddamn life <laughs> but I learned when I was like 20 and I was in Adelaide and I couldn't get a job for love or money. It was just before I decided to pack up all my shit and move to Melbourne. Um, I just, I was desperately trying to get a job and a friend of my dad's uh, hooked me up with someone who was delivering papers. It was a paper round basically, but you had to drive a car. But it was like a, like a van or whatever and it was manual and I had a phone interview with the guy and you know we're getting along and then he goes you can drive manual right and I said no and he was like okay oh we'll uh, we'll see what we can do maybe I'll all right just kind of brushed me off and and hung up and I never heard from him again and that was when I learned that if someone asks if you can do something just yes just say you can do it and then decide when the moment comes when you're by yourself whether you reckon you can do it do you know what I mean like don't if I, what if I'd said, like, no, I've never ridden a bike before? Maybe they wouldn't have given me a bike. You just got to be confident. And they don't want to know if I've never ridden a bike before. It's a fucking... It's not even a proper motorbike. It's like a little moped thing, all right? Like, the you know, dudes called fucking Giuseppe ride around Italian cities and, and accost young backpackers. That's the thing that I'm driving. If Giuseppe can drive a moped, I reckon I'm going to be fine. And I was. We rode around those all day. Um... I went to a cafe. I did try and suss out a cafe on the island. There's nothing in in my coffee book um, for this place. So I uh, looked up one myself. What was it called? I didn't even fucking write it down. It was fine, to be honest. It was like, I don't know what I was expecting. I wasn't expecting to have my life changed. Like, we're on an island, you know? It was cool that there was even a place here. It was called... Not the Hut Cafe... Specialty coffee. Oh, it's called Sassatorn Coffee Barista Academy and... What? And Coffee Lab. Um, which is quite an ambitious name. The coffee in Bangkok was phenomenal, but I wasn't expecting that much from uh, from this joint. I went there, I had some French toast. The funny thing about their menu is they have like... Um, uh, like they're clearly going for like the title of we're the best coffee on Koh Samui, right? On the island. And uh, I open up, they've got they've got a coffee menu, which is like a big A3 sheet folded into into quarters. And uh, and then they've got a food menu and all of the food items <laughs> next to uh, next to every item. They've got like invented. Like, so like, what was it? I had uh, French toast with a dollop of ice cream in the middle and two 
like honestly quite bad rashes of bacon but the rest of it was really nice um with like you know some blue like petals i don't know right just like some french toast with ice cream yeah and uh but they called it something else like a log jack or some shit and then underneath that it's like invented 2018 <laughs> like next to every item on the menu in this cafe they had like invent it was like we invented this new it's like they discovered an element you know <laughs> like uh, eggs on toast invented 2015 oh the magical summer Invention was in the air everywhere. That was the year we invented bacon as well, actually. Like, they're an undiscovered tribe on this island, and they're like the white people rock up, and they're like, oh, we bring you tidings. They've got, like, bacon, and we're like, oh, dude, we already invented that shit. I don't know what they... Maybe it was just... Maybe I'm laughing at someone who's just trying to speak English well, and they just don't... They just used kind of the wrong word. I like to think that they actually think they invented fucking, you know, like, Eggs Benedict. There was there was a there was one that was like pulled pork on toast with uh, like hollandaise sauce and a poached egg invented two thousand seventeen slash eighteen that was like there was some that were like seventeen slash eighteen like it took them <laughs> like it took it took six months to finalize the experiments. <laughs> Some guy in a lab coat just taking away one gram at a time of pulled pork until the ratio's right. All right, dude. <laughs> um, and I got. Uh, I wanted to try their signature coffee because they had a few uh, different. They were they were clearly trying to do some weird shit, which is nice. I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the the raw materials of like the food and stuff that they're working with on this island must be pretty limited. You know, because they have to bring everything over on a boat or a plane, maybe. But it's like, yeah, you can't be getting fresh produce every day. The bacon was very thin and small and chewy, and it was no good. But I don't know what I expected. Bacon's not a traditional Thai staple, is it? That's the problem that I've been talking about. Why am I trying to go and find exactly what I would eat at home in a different country? But the coffee was the coffee was pretty good. The coffee was nice. Um. Anyway, so we went. I I did that by myself, and then. Me and Glenn got our, um, we got our bikes and uh, just like kind of went until we found a road that pointed inwards to the middle of the island and then uh, went in, uh, rode up the hills with Glenn for, for like an hour or so. We got to uh, some, oh we, went, oh, we went to this waterfall, which it said waterfall on the sign, but... You know, we get so, like, we turn off the road and we, there's, like, a, you know, waterfall this way. Um, ride to where it says stop and there's a sign that says waterfall 300 metres and there's, like, an Eastern European dude there with his girlfriend and they're, like, oh, you go to the waterfall, huh? And we're, like, oh, yeah, man, we might just, just going to check it out. And they they were, like, yeah, it's it's full, full jungle down there, full jungle. And I'm, like, what do you what? What was he saying? Was he saying full jungle or complete complete jungle? Yeah, complete. It's complete jungle down there. And I'm like, oh yeah. And like, yeah, we have we have to stop the first hundred meters. Maybe it's okay, but then after this, it's just complete complete jungle. And you know, you have some snakes and and he was telling us not to go, so they didn't go. They didn't make it to the waterfall. And uh, Glenn was 
I guess, a bit more pragmatic and was like listening to them taking, you know, oh, yeah, that's, yeah, okay, wow, it sounds pretty scary, man, you know. And they were like, yeah, you, we don't have, you know, you see the guys, Thailand guy, they have the big boots coming up to the knee and they will have machete and we do not have the proper equipment, so maybe we cannot go down there because it's just complete jungle down there. And I'm standing next to my bike just going like, really, dude? Come on, surely not. Like, I get, I get it that we're in a jungle, but there's a path, there's signs. Heaps of people are going down here. It's not like we're, like, first settlers, you know? So, uh, we we bid them adieu. We let them go. And uh, I'm just like, do you want to go check it out to Glenn? Like, yeah, let's have a look. We'll see how far the path goes. We walk down. Um, and I, I remember they'd said, so they mentioned, the things that they'd mentioned were snakes and the first 100 meters was okay. And then they said there's a sign. But then when you go the way the sign says, the path splits again. So I think what happened... So we went down and it was just like grass. And then, and then after about 100 meters, the trees come up around you. And then there is a sign that points to the left at a fork in the road. So we go to the left. And then there's another fork. And one of the directions is covered in leaves. And the other direction is just like dirt that people have clearly been stepping on. So we go that way, walk for another 200 meters... And then there we are at the worst waterfall I've ever seen in my life, to be honest. It's just some rocks with like a tiny little stream running over it. But we made it. We made it. It was 300 meters. I was like, what did that European dude think? What I reckon happened is his girlfriend was scared. Initially, like before they even went down there, she was kind of scared because I guess maybe they haven't seen jungle before or they don't go on bushwalks or whatever. So she had it in her head that there would be snakes there. And then when they saw the vines that were hanging across the path, she just went, that's a snake. And they turned around. And the dude was just... a, a He couldn't just... Be, or maybe it was the dude who was scared. No, I'm being sexist, aren't I? Maybe it was the guy who was scared of snakes. Either way, they're both fucking pussies because they didn't go down. It was the easiest walk. It was a 300-meter bushwalk along a fucking trodden path. What's going on in Eastern Europe that these people can't handle paths? <laughs> What's going on out there, you guys? I thought you all were tough with your borscht or whatever, with all your different kinds of soup, right? And communism and, and fucking making guns for the world. Can't handle a bushwalk though, can you? And you didn't get to see the most majestic... Oh, yes, the most majestic waterfall I have seen in the whole of Thailand. And I've seen one. Fucking little bitch. There's really just complete jungle down there, man. You, you cannot even go and you have snakes and maybe we will go if we have machete, you know what I mean? But down there, you just have complete jungle, so I, I can't go. Oh, mate. So anyway, that was that. Um, we went up to uh, went up to some little restaurant. We got, like, went up further. The paths really started to deteriorate, so... Uh, we stopped off at this place that was like restaurant and, and pool and uh, we got into the restaurant, ordered some food, looked over the balcony and the pool was just there empty. So I was like, oh, I guess we're not swimming, but still beautiful view, amazing view. And um, then after that, Glenn kind of thought, oh, I'm, I'm just going to go home. And uh, I still wanted to go up higher. I wanted to get to the top of the mountain. So I went up by myself. And here's where <laughs> maybe me not having ridden a bike before was important. I don't know if this was like... I don't know how bad a mistake this is, whether I made like a, a, a mistake that anyone can make or if I got cocky. Like, should I have gone on this path? I kept going by myself up, 
for another, I don't know, winding around the path for another maybe half an hour. And uh, there was a truck full of people. There were like a few trucks just, you know, taking other tourists up to the top. Um, I wonder how much they paid. We paid 200 baht, which is 10 Australian dollars for the bikes for the day. And all we needed to do was fill up with petrol. So I probably spent uh, another five Australian dollars on petrol for it. I wonder how much those people paid to get in those trucks and get driven up by them, you know, by the go- the local dudes. I had way more fun. I was looking at them going up thinking like, you fucking chumps, man. I got a bike and I get this bike now for the whole day. I just get to fuck around on this bike. You guys are sat in a truck. I'm an explorer. You're just as bad as that Eastern European dude whose accent I'm very aware is sounding more and more German the more I do it. But as I was thinking that, and I'm like overtaking, I'm getting pretty confident at this point. Glenn's gone, so I don't have anyone to like, you know, look at me with consternation and be like, are you sure that's safe? Like I <laughs> I think having someone else there to kind of judge my actions is a good way for me to stay on the level. Um because if I don't have someone there to be like, whoa, are you all right? Then I don't know whether what I'm doing is actually looks safe from the outside. And I'm not a good judge of that myself. Anyway, so I'm going up the, uh, I'm going up the fucking path and it's like getting real rocky and I'm in front of one of the trucks and the bike kind of stalls for a second and then the wheel goes off the side and the whole truck full of backpackers just goes, oh. <laughs> and the tie guy's like, you need help? You need help? I'm like, no, no, I'm fine. <laughs> um, he got out and uh, the bikes are actually very heavy. So he got out and um, kind of put the wheel back on the thing and the rest of it was fine. I got stuck in the rain on the way back. Whatever. I don't know. It was a beautiful view. It was a lovely day. Bikes are awesome. That's the end of that story, I think. I want to talk about Bangkok for a bit. Um... Bangkok is, uh, I was in Bangkok last week from Wednesday through to, uh, yesterday when I left to come here. So Sunday, I reckon I could live in that city, man. It had a a fucking energy as soon as I got there. I think it's my favorite place so far in Asia. Like Kuala Lumpur was like, um, Kuala Lumpur was like, you know, half rainforest, half city and Singapore was all city but with like plastic rainforest on it Bangkok felt like um Phuket was just like a town Bangkok feels like a like a fucking city where like um I think I posted an Instagram was it feels like anything could happen you know it feels like there's an energy to it and there's no pretense of like oh we're in the rainforest it's just all city it's built up it's even that, like, the trains that they have, the train system isn't underground, it's all above ground, and it's, like, above the roads, so, it feels kind of like Blade Runner, almost, like, you walk the streets, and the trains are going above you, and it's, like, blocking out the sun, and, uh, and they're building more, they're, oh, they're building so much more stuff there, all the time, I can see, you can see walking around, like, I I did a fair bit of walking in the city, and they're just, like, building more trains, they're building more roads, they're building more stuff, I don't know, it was exciting. And the way that people... Like, you know, just a lot of traffic and there's motorbikes and stuff everywhere. I like that energy, you know? And uh, some of the cafes that I went to, like, I went to... the. I, actually, I had the best coffee that I've had 
so far on this trip. There were so there were a bunch of cafes in my book for Bangkok. Um, I went to one first that wasn't in the book. It was called Red Diamond. It was just a close. I picked like the the place where I picked to stay first. We, I was in the hotel for two days for the gig, but before that, I just like picked a hostel and I just picked the cheapest one. It had party in the name, which was a mistake. It was a mistake to go into that place. They were just playing awful music until fucking one a.m. and it was so sweet. Ugh. Yeah, it was a that was a bad hostel, um, and it was in a weird part of town as well. So like, but I just searched specialty coffee and then went for a walk to this mall. I uh, thought it was outside the mall, but it wasn't. The place was in the mall. Mall doesn't open till ten. I got up at nine, so I was just like walking around, stealing their Wi-Fi, sitting outside, trying not to look suspicious for a while then the mall opened the malls here are enormous bangkok especially best malls best malls i've seen you want a mall go to bangkok you want a a fucking oh yeah it was definitely even like a cleaner like a nicer mall than i feel like i've said mall too many times now mall 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 um yeah the the malls in kuala lumpur were, were just i don't know they seemed like little outposts. They seemed like they weren't... The malls in Bangkok were like, this is the destination, man. Like, I actually enjoyed being in there, you know? And, um, yeah, this one that I went to, I think it was called the Something Siam. It was called, like, the... the Something uh, something Siam. It was a new thing. It had only opened, like, nine months ago. And uh, this place, Red Diamond Coffee, in there, opened when the mall opened. I got chatting to the guy. I walked around a bit and I just ate, like, some of the food. It's like street food, but in a fucking shopping center, you know? Like, they've got all these stalls set up. They had, like, water features, indoor, like, ponds, and it's huge. And uh, I sit down at this place and uh, I'm talking to the dude making the coffee, this Thai guy. Um, talking to them about the thing. It's like their fifth location. Um, so there's like a few others in Bangkok. They make Thai coffee. They have like uh, relationships with the people who grow the coffee. So I had coffee. The first one I had was from Ethiopia. Where was it? First one was Ethiopia Sadamo Guji. It was a natural process. Um, it was very sweet and fruity. It was really good. I mean, Ethiopian coffee is always sweet and fruity, but that one was fucking awesome. And then I get chatting to the guy and... Uh, I'm just talking about, oh, you know, I'm trying to visit all these coffee shops or whatever. And uh, he goes, oh, I give you this one. Um, and he gave me a Thai coffee, which I didn't even know they fucking grew coffee in Thailand. I gotta, When I go back to Bangkok tomorrow, I'm going to try and find the original location of this place and talk to the guy who trains the people. I need to stop being a pussy and actually start having proper conversations with people because that's how I'm going to get interesting stories rather than just going to a cafe and sitting in a chair and hoping to osmose some history from the oxygen, you know? So I'm going to go to the original one. But uh, anyway, the coffee this guy gave me was uh, Thai Patong, um, and it was a dry process. So I don't even know this was a thing, but uh, natural processes where they leave the, they get the coffee bean and then they leave the bean on, sorry, they leave the fruit on the bean. So it like just rots off dry process. I guess they just do it for longer. So it makes it even sweeter. And it's a thing that maybe it's unique to Thailand. Maybe that's just what they call it. It's like a long, anyway, it just makes the coffee really sweet. Um, it wasn't as good as the Ethiopian coffee, no way. But it was just cool to have like a local Thai coffee and all of the different places that I went to in Thailand. Um, the other ones that were in the book were Gallery Drip, 
Um, I had a Thai coffee there as well with the dry process. That's in uh, this like Thai like cultural center and art gallery. So there's like two cafes in there. Um, that was fucking... And then they had like a photo exhibition as well. So I literally got my coffee and then could just like walk around the photo exhibition. That was lovely. Uh, there's a place called Ceresia Coffee Roasters. Um, C-E-R-E-S-I-A Coffee Roasters Columbia Natural That one wasn't very good To be honest That was in the book But I'm very quickly And I think I mention this every week Becoming quite sceptical Of the recommendations in the book Because how can these people Who wrote this book Have gone to all those places They probably just I wonder how they I wonder how they wrote it I would love to get in contact With the people Who made this book no, I'm not going to criticize them. Am I? It's a cool book. I like it. But it just, there's not enough information about each shop. Some of the cities have like huge long entries and people writing a lot of stuff about each shop. But these ones, it feels like these scenes are so developed. They could have really picked any four or five coffee shops in Bangkok that are decent. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like there's only four. There's fucking heaps. And Ceresia, I don't know. Maybe there's a bit of history behind it. Maybe someone who works there is like a, a serious coffee person in the industry or whatever, but that, uh, nah, anyway, it was fun. it was just very fine, you know, get a coffee there, don't not go there, but it wasn't like, it, it didn't blow my mind in any way, um, oh, that's right, this is exactly what I'm talking about, wait, I need to get the fucking light on here so I can read, the last place that I went to, in Bangkok, that, of course, wasn't going to be in the book um, because I just stumbled on it. I walk in. It was called Lest, like L apostrophe E S T. This place was fucking actually interesting. Um, Lest is run by a Thai dude, and I walked. In, I just like chanced my way. I was like, "Oh, what's going on here?" Walked in, and uh, so they've got ten different kinds of coffee i think eight different ones and then one which is the thai one is also made with three different processes like natural uh washed and dry so they've essentially got 10 different kinds of bean in there and then the guy who owns it roasts the bean in eight different ways so normally for maybe some people are getting lost here if you're not a coffee person but normally you'll get a bunch of green beans that are, you know, they're like dried and whatever. And then you'll roast them to like a pretty big volume, like like maybe 50 kilos or whatever. I don't exactly know. But this guy is roasting one kilo batches in eight different... So like he's roasting at light, like from lightness to darkness, one is the lightest and eight is the darkest at eight different gradients. And he's named them all. Like, I can't remember what the names were, but so he's roasting them in one kilo batches, 10 different coffees. That's fucking 80 roasts, 80 different roasts. And each of those can only keep for 14 days, ideally, which this dude seemed to be really serious about it. So I would, I'd, I'd guess that he's probably keeping them for that amount of time. Right. So that's an insane amount of roasting. And so you can pick, your bean, you can pick how heavily it's roasted and then you can pick how it's prepared and he's got all these different filters including a ceramic filter which I'd never seen before where the coffee sits in just a little ceramic bowl and then the water goes through and it extracts through the fucking... the through the ceramic. So you can pick like six different ones of those. It just, there was an insane amount of choice at this place. And uh, and it was the grand opening when I started talking to him about it and I was getting excited about the ceramic thing. 
And I was like, how long? How long have you been doing this, man? Like a year, two years, six months? And he goes, grand opening today. I'm like, oh, shit. I feel like I really fucking stumbled upon something, you know? I love that. That's the, that's the whole reason. I'm, that's exactly what I'm looking for. And uh, I wish he spoke more English, man. I told him I was doing a podcast about coffee and he got really excited, but his English wasn't good enough and I didn't speak any Thai, so I couldn't really talk to him. That I feel like I'm so close to having a nice... <laughs> Maybe this podcast is not me searching the world for the, like, the, the perfect coffee shop. Maybe it's just me <laughs> trying to make friends <laughs> using coffee as a medium through which I will engage with new people and forge friendships in the world for mutually beneficial engagement. Maybe that's what this podcast should be called. Whatever the fuck I just said. <sighs> yeah, anyway, that was great. That was really nice. Two Australian dudes walked in as I was ordering my coffee and I got chatting to them about it and they ended up coming to the show that night. Legends. So, um, anyway, that's the... Co- I, feel, I feel like Bangkok, especially that thing, it was like... Um, and maybe this fits in with with the coffee shop that I went to today, I feel like that city more than any of the other cities I've been to is very like the chaos is like ambitious, you know, like it's people, it's not like Singapore where they've just got all the resources in the world and they're just building the biggest thing. And it's not like KL where KL almost Malaysia feels like they're just competing with Singapore. Bangkok was like, and I guess, to, I don't know what the rest of Thailand is like, but Bangkok as a city felt like there's not as tight of a stranglehold on everything. So people are just kind of being allowed to do their own thing within reason. You still can't criticize the king or <laughs> or like a lot of the places shut at 2am, but it just, it feels like you kind of got free reign to do your thing. And these coffee shops, especially that, that fucking Yest place, just man, like so ambitious, so ambitious to have 10 different times for coffee and roasting them eight different ways. That's cra- I don't even know if that's going to work, to be honest. It might be too much choice, but to be doing that, to have someone in there who's got their shit together, got the money and just like, fuck it. I'm going to give people the best coffee experience that they can have. Man, that was so cool. Fair play to that Thai dude, you know? And uh, he asked what my podcast was called, and I told him, and if he's listening and he's made it this far, good fucking good for you, man. Go get your, sh- get your life. Yes. Anyway, uh, what I was going to talk about at the start that I guess I'll talk about at the end is I think I'm, uh, I think I'm done with drinking. I think I'm going to quit drinking. How about that? I've been drinking, I've had 10 good years, and... Uh, I think I'm done. And it wasn't like... This tour has been great, but it's been the first time that I've... Like, I'm doing like a tour and it's like a club thing. It's not a festival where I have my own show every day and I've got things to do all day and other spots. This is like I'm traveling to different places every week and I'm like quite alone by myself I've just got one gig every night and probably not not even every night like maybe every other night so I've got a lot of free time and uh, I've been filling that with drinking I've been doing a lot of drinking I've spent a lot of money on drinking and I just you know I mean everyone makes bad decisions when they drink um, 
the last night that I drank was Thursday night in Bangkok, and uh, I was with this other comic, um, this American dude who I just met called Blake, not Blake, my friend from Melbourne, a different Blake, but um, we... I don't want to tell this story, but I'm going to. So there's a street called Soy Cowboy. S-O-I is the name of the back streets that they have in Bangkok. And Soy Cowboy is where all the strip clubs and stuff like that are. And um, me and this Blake dude were both just like, do you want to go? Let's go down that street, man. We kind of said it earlier on in the night. And then we did the gig, got pretty drunk. And I was kind of dr- I was like, I'd had a few wines before the show. I wasn't really... I was pretty happy with my performance, but it, like it could have been better, you know. I wasn't totally in control, and then um, so we go after the show. There's more beers, more drinks, and I'm pretty drunk at this point. And we go out to um, to this fucking. So we kind of slinked off after the show. Everyone was drinking. Me and Blake just were like looked at each other and were like, "Do you want to? Yeah, yeah, let's go." Went down this street and uh, we get into, we do a lap and then we get into this one place and it's, the whole vibe is just like, you uh, you sit in a booth, a girl comes up, you buy yourself a drink, then you buy her a drink for like three times as much as yours cost and then when you and this girl are sitting there with your drinks then she just like starts flirting with you and she you know, sits on your lap and she's, she's dancing, I don't know why I'm saying this in the second person because I don't want to take ownership over my actions, I think. Um, so she's dancing on my lap and she's like grabbing at my dick and stuff and, um, more drinks, more drinks. And after a while she goes, uh, I'll suck your dick $4,000. And I'm like, I don't even have $4,000 to start to fucking make that decision. So like, you know, can't do it. And as soon as I said that, she walked off. So I'm sitting there now. I've been there for like half an hour. And I'm horny and I'm drunk. I've been drinking at the show. I've been drinking here. I'm quite drunk. And the and the girl has just been like, you know, it's still doing a very good job, I'm going to be honest, of making me feel special. <laughs> just walks off. So I'm just sitting there by myself. And I look to my right to see if Blake is like, you know, ready to talk. And he's still fucking like... Uh, oh, what was the phrase that I came up with? Um, in negotiations. <laughs> it's deep in negotiations with the girl who's, you know, sitting with him. She's sitting on his lap, dancing on his lap. And um, this older lady, the madam from the place comes up and uh, she starts like, she like sits next to me. She's like an old lady. And she's like, you buy me a drink? And I'm like, I don't want to buy you a drink. <laughs> but she's looking at me like, no, you're going. No, you're you're going to buy me a drink, dude. Otherwise, you're of no use to me, and we're just going to kick you out. And I'm like looking at the girl who was sitting next to me, who's now on stage dancing, just looking at me like, "Hey, you didn't fucking pay, did you, buddy? <laughs> what are you going to do now?" And I'm like, "God damn it!" So I buy the old lady a drink, and she, I'm convinced she did this to taunt me. <laughs> poured herself just like a glass of ice, gets a beer, pours the beer over the ice, takes a sip, looks at me and goes, cheers. It's <laughs> just like, I've got like this fucking wry grin on my face. Like, yeah, you got me. And she like clinks my glass. She's like, ah, you thank you for drink. And just puts it on the table and walks off. <laughs> like she doesn't even drink it. <laughs> It cost me like another 300 baht, which a beer is supposed to be 100. Do you know what I mean? 
She charged me 300 baht so she could pour herself, so she could ruin a beer. Um, and anyway, the, that place closes at 2am, so me and Blake leave, we get in a cab, we go, and we're like, do you want to get a massage? Let's go get a massage, alright, let's finish the job, and we go to the massage place, I don't have enough money, so I leave, a guy from the place leaves with me, I go to an ATM, he's right by my side, making sure I don't go anywhere else, and I take out some money, I go back to the massage place, Blake's sitting there, and I just, I maybe I sobered up, or I had a moment of clarity, and I was just like, I had the money in my wallet, but I looked at Blake, and I was like, do you want to, let's get the fuck out of here, man, we don't need to do this, and he was like, yeah, yeah, all right, yeah, let's go, and uh, as we walked out, (laughs) he goes, what's that on your neck, dude, and I'm like, oh, God, and I take a picture, and I remember the girl from the strip club had been, like, kissing my neck and stuff, I take a picture, this girl has given me a hickey, (laughs) This stripper has given me a hickey on my fucking neck. And I don't know if that's the actual reason why I'm not drinking anymore, but it seems like a pretty good end point, doesn't it? Like, I've had 10 years of, of, of drinking and making fucking bad decisions, doing stupid shit, and, uh, and just thinking with my dick, you know? And I think I'm done. So the next morning, uh, I woke up, I I took a photo of the fucking hickey to remember. (laughs) Woke up, went for a run and, uh, started mulling it over. And like, I think it's just a, it, it makes sense to me. Like whenever I've taken a month off of drinking, it's, it's not that hard, but it is still like, I know I'm taking a month off. I'm not quitting. And so it makes it harder to turn down free drinks because if I know that I'm going to be drinking later and then someone offers me free drinks now, it's like, I don't need them now, but I will need them later. So why don't I just take them now? You know, that's the rationalization that goes through my head. And so it's really hard to turn down. But if I'm just never drinking again, then I never need free drinks again. They're meaningless to me. And so for some reason, it just seems easier. It seems easier to never drink again than to, like, take breaks, you know? And even, like, I went out with, uh, I went out on the fucking, what night was it? Saturday night, I did this, uh, show on Kelsan Road, which is, like, the big party street in Bangkok, and, uh, after the show, there was this, um, girl there who, like, seen the show, and she was, we were talking, and she kind of, it's, it's, she kind of seemed keen, and, like, it, if I was drinking, I would have started drinking, you know, I'm like, oh, there's a girl here, maybe I'll, maybe something's going to happen, I better drink to keep up some Dutch courage, you know, but then her brother was there, because they were traveling together, and they were leaving in the morning, and so, like, you know, nothing was going to happen, like, she was just, she was hanging out with her brother, and, like, her brother was lovely, she was lovely, we went and got dinner together, and at 2am, I went home, and they went back to their hotel to get their flight in the morning, and, like, if I'd been drinking, what I would have done then was just started drinking, not because I wanted to drink, but because I think like, oh, if I start drinking, then I'm going to be able to hook up with this girl, you know? And all that would have happened was I would have bought five beers, wasted fucking 500 baht, so like 25 bucks, wasted a bunch of money, got annoyingly drunk where I would have had a bit of a hangover in the morning, not had any more fun than what I would have had, than what I did have when I was sober, 
And worst case scenario, maybe I fucking get so drunk that I think, no, it's a good idea to try and hook up with this girl and try and hook up with some girl in front of her brother, which is gross. Like, why would... So, oh, it makes so much sense. I'm not... I'm fucking done. I'm so done with drinking, man. Uh, and I really hope that I can stick to it. <sighs> or else... Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> or else I will have gone back on my word and all this grandstanding will be for nothing. I think that's it, man. What I'm going to do at the end of this pod... And this seems quite fitting, considering I'm quitting drinking, is I'm going to... On Friday night, the show in Kaosan Road, the Kaosan Road Comedy Club, which, by the way, if you're in Bangkok, operates seven nights a week, every fucking day. The dudes who run this club are, um, I mean, they, don't, they can't do that many gigs. They haven't been doing comedy for that long. So they're not like, you know, world beaters in terms of their comedy level, but they're all right. And they're fucking doing it. They're hustling so hard and they put on a show. And comedians come through from out of town every week and come and do their club, and it's great, man. If you're if you're in Bangkok on Khao San Road and you fancy seeing some comedy for two hundred baht and you get a free drink, go and check these guys out, man. Well worth it. And uh, on Friday night after the show, I um I stayed around, and that was the first night that I wasn't drinking, so I was just like hammering waters and there was this girl this Thai girl who had watched the show who the dudes who run the club were telling me she was on like uh, Thailand's Got Talent or whatever and she's an incredible opera singer or they, they just said she's an incredible incredible singer and I'm like oh she's gonna do some karaoke or fucking whatever turns out this tiny little Thai girl is an opera singer and of like she can do it <laughs> like she can really sing and uh, she sang Time to Say Goodbye as the last thing, someone requested it and she did it. And uh, I'm going to get the audio of that and chuck it at the end of this podcast for a bit of music. And that's my song for the week. I don't know who it's by. Who fucking cares? You know the song. Time to say goodbye. Like the one from the end of Step Brothers, right? I think the original recording was Will Ferrell and John C. Riley. I think that's who it's by. So thank you guys so much for listening to Coffee Is What Happens When You're Busy Making Plans. I'm Aiden Taco Jones. Have a great week. This coming up is uh, some Thai girl whose name I didn't get having singing a beautiful rendition of Time to Say Goodbye. Ciao.